This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. In this first episode, Joe and Matthew consider doing a podcast. Meanwhile, a hard rain falls as they discuss Joe's studio space. A book recommendation is made. They also discuss separation of life and work, as well as intentionality, connectivity, and do know with the Eno. Now, here are Joe Camusa and Matthew White. So we're thinking about doing a podcast and recording it live here at the artist studio of Joe Camusa at Atlanta Contemporary, formerly known as Nexus. Studio 7, live, during a rainstorm. We had, we had a little excitement earlier, and uh, during a hard rain, um, we had to uh, move some canvases around. But I think, you know, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out. But there are a lot of uh, interesting noises that this, uh, that this building makes. And not just in a rainstorm. You were saying at night. At night, there certainly are more creaks and more shutters within the building. Almost tremor-like sensations. What's the difference between a shutter? The tremors through the floor. The shutters. I'm on the second floor and we're next to a rail yard. So between multiple air conditioning units within the space, various trains idling or rolling by, I haven't been able to trace what feels like a tremor or a giant dishwasher. If you've ever been in a restaurant when Yes. You're near the kitchen. Yeah. But it, uh, it, it can be felt when I'm at the, my drawing table. This place has an unusual energy. I've said it before. I, it's a couple of doors down. I think I noticed something one time that just felt a little weird. Um, You're going to have to elaborate on that. Weird? Well, what was it? Where were you? What happened? It's just a feeling. Just a feeling. You're in a studio. I'm in. I'm in a studio, and um, I. Uh, I just. It was a feeling that, and it wasn't the artist's work or anything like that. It was. It was just. It was the energy of the space, and I'm interested in this. How far are the railroad tracks from here? They're that way. They're that. They're to the right of us where we're sitting right now. Yeah. Um, I'd say they are not more than maybe a hundred yards. 150 max. So there's something about spirit energy traveling along railroad tracks, uh, rivers, streams, and maybe there's something to that. I don't know. But you have said that you're interested not only in that, but the, but the inhabitants of this space previously. That comes to mind. I think just even moving into a new space, I'm just you know, there's a sense of uh, respectfulness of even just coming in here with, what, 10, 11 other artists that are working, um, and then walking into this space. This building is over 100 years old. How many people have been in this room since it's been constituted as a studio? Uh, There's a lot of evidence on the floor. 
uh, chunks of like almost like guitar-like substance. There's you know lots of paint, uh, pieces of metal, you name it. But obviously things have been made uh, in this room. So there's that sense in my mind of being new to it, of just kind of you know taking your time, making it your own. But um, you know, kind of taking your time to ease in. You're almost a guest when you first move into a new place. So how does that? So how does the energy then affect the work that you're making? Do you think? I've at the moment. I think it's more of an impediment. It's very you know you're un- I'm uncomfortable. I don't know where everything is yet. Uh, kind of feeling. Um, it's a little unsettling. I mean, I think I'm just starting to get into maybe a groove of like a daily. Uh, this probably like week three of like a full you know my full weeks. Um, and uh, you can get into a rhythm where you're actually working instead of thinking reaching for something that's not where it used to be or just all of that you know just mm-hmm. having to make decisions am I going to let paint hit the wall or am I going to you know it's a brand new white wall that's a little daunting um, you know I put some canvas and some plastic down underneath canvases to catch some I don't need to the floors are filthy in a good way but, uh, you know, I'm not sure how, how messy do I want to be in here? How much of a mark do I want to leave? So I'm, I'm questioning a lot of things that normally I should be questioning the work. Instead of like, gee, where should I put the espresso machine? Does it work there? <laughs> Does the, is the stereo good there? Or, is, you know, is, is my music too loud? Should I go to headphones? There's a lot of these kind of things. Adjusting to all these windows. Um, coming from a windowless studio for the last three years. That also had a, that I built a loft in, um, you know. Yeah, this was a, a much different space, a much yeah. smaller space. So this feels a lot more. It's a more live room, you know. I can hear trains. We can obviously hear this storm. I can hear people coming and going, which is nice. Uh, so you know, it's just adjusting, getting used to all these noises. Like when the building has these freaky creaking sounds uh, that I can hear through headphones. Did you say it was a shimmy or a winnie? What was it? Uh, a shutter. It's kind of a shudder at times. Almost sounds like like when you hear plexiglass, you know, when it gets hot, plexiglass yeah. kind of will shift in a frame. Yeah. It's that kind of. Yeah. And then that whole roof will just, the wooden roof will just kind of, it's like snapping kind of. So I noticed the studio reader, the book by, um, uh, the compilation of essays by Michelle Grabner and uh, Mary Jane Jacob. Yep. I've noticed that on your, uh, on your shelf. It has some interesting ideas in it that serve as a jumping off point for me on some other things. But you're separated from your living space here. This is your studio. You know, how, how do you like the separation? Do you see an advantage one way or another to having your life integrated with, with your work? Um, for years, I preferred to have... Um some place to get up and go to work and have that separation and give it my all and then get in the car and, and go home and not be able to sit and stare or and have more work to actually have some forced um, separation. Um, I'm coming around to the idea that in the, like the five-year plan is to have a, there's a building in the back of the, of the house that I just moved into that will be the next studio, or at least that's the plan. I'm a little hesitant to be, you know, quote, painting in, you know, in my house. Um, 
but I think it's in a uh, the access is good I don't it's not like I'm painting out like in a on a farm somewhere but um, I'm actually thinking it might be nice to have a space that I can uh, set up the way I want it set up light it the way I want to light it but also to be able to like work put a full studio day in you know hang out for a bit and then if the spirit moves me go back in at night see I, I like that because I like I like how how you're constantly I mean you're constantly working in your right on in your subconscious on this idea or that idea but the ability to jump in and then also the kind of the messiness of spreading something out on the kitchen table or, or putting something out um you know, going in the backyard, spray painting something. I kind of like that. I'm I'm warming up to it. Um, I've been so segregated for years in my studio, but I think that also goes to you know years of getting up and uh, and going to an office. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when I when I finally left the the real world for the witness protection program that is making art, uh, I think there was a real sense that I needed to. F- you know, make it legit, which was, you know, paying rent on a space for one thing. Can you do this every day? Do you want to do this every day? Um, but, uh, you know, to get out, and, and I think it's key, especially, f- at least for me, uh, in terms of becoming more professional in one's practice, was having a dedicated space um, where, obviously, it, it took years to get to that point where I was even ready to have people come to a studio um, but I think that is very important. I mean, the studio is a, is a, there's a lot of myths around the studio, and I'm, I'm just happy to look at this great quote from Charlene Von Heil in The Studio Reader. Uh, but the, and she says, The idea of the studio is as much a fantasy as the idea of the artist is a fantasy. Both cease to exist when the work begins. If there is work, there is no studio. There is no artist. And we can certainly dive into that. But uh, I would read that quote to, to students, you know, like teaching undergrads, that you know they're making work hopefully on their kitchen table uh let alone picking an empty classroom at night um but you know very few have the luxury of of a studio um you know to me like i said a studio is a, is a very important place to to get in and forget oneself and get to work so mm-hmm. i think i can get more work done eventually like with it being 10 feet from my you know from my house uh, but there's still something about actually being in the space and working because something can happen then. Uh, so, like I said, sometimes to not have a commute, luckily it's minimal um, now, uh, you know, 15 minutes or so. Um, but I, what happens in the commute? What happens in the commute subconsciously or? Yeah, or I think it, it also is a shifting. You know, that's the other thing. Like we yeah. were talking about going out and. You know, if you do work at home, is that way too much alone time? If you're not really, you know, having any interactions or having things that suddenly take up your time and get you to shift from, you know, one state of being to another. And I think that is very important. I think you can have all the time in the world in a studio. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to make the best work. Sometimes mm-hmm. the interruptions, I think, are what gets you to suddenly shift, um, shift gears. And I think that's where chance why chance is such an important strategy for so many, uh, you know, thinkers or writers or musicians, creative people. Um, again, I'm, I'm big on this notion of circumventing one's intentionality and how do you do that? And I think that can be, it can be an annoying where someone's barging in and asking for something or you've got a leak <laughs> and you've got to suddenly move 12 very large heavy canvases out of the way. Um, but in that time, does that get you 
I see it with crossword puzzles all the time. And there was a great essay that I posted this weekend that was in the New York Times about a, um, it was a writer that was likening doing crossword puzzles uh, and, and his writing process. And one of his um, key strategies was knowing when to get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. And um, every son- my wife is religious about doing the Sunday time, well, actually the daily, but the Sunday times in particular, but I, I kind of get called off the bench to offer, what's a seven-letter word for? <laughs> and half the time, it's, you know, even when I'm not thinking, like, suddenly maybe I'm cooking or I, you know, is when I think about it, or I'm out running and I'm just like, oh, it's Joe Torrey, that's what it is, or something. <laughs> so what is that in your brain? So if you're just in some, you know, sacred space all day, you know, thinking and working, like, that's not necessarily... No, you know the studio. Let's face it. I mean, there's the whole post-studio idea mm-hmm. these days. Some mm-hmm. people's studio is a laptop. Nothing yeah, wrong, nothing wrong with that. So it it hambage the um, the uh, creative residency in North Georgia. So I was there earlier in the year, and part of the whole point of going to this specific creative residency is getting away and disconnecting and being in your studio, and then in the evenings go to the, the main house and have dinner with other artists and, and converse. And, but during the day, you can go to the, the, the main house and get your internet connectivity, coffee, tea, whatever. Were there a lot of people doing that? Yeah, so you would run, you would encounter one, one maybe another artist, and then they would leave. Or you, you also have um, mobile phone reception there. So you would go there and you could maybe have a conversation or Skype. Um, Did you and, sense, though, that people were going there out of a need? Like, did you find you were there for how long? Two weeks. But you had a break in between, or you were there straight for two weeks? I, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I had I had a little bit of a break. I was able to, you know. Did but so some people though were there. For some people actually they, um, they go in the studio and they have dinner at night. They don't go into uh, they don't go into town for anything. They don't go to groceries. Some people just go and just. That's and yeah. and if they're and in in the case of some of the artists that were there, um, they actually got iced in, and they had no choice. So, and one one I think a writer that was there, she, I think she was there for two months. Wow, was it two? Yeah. Anyway, and then iced in for a period of that. Or, I'm just it, asking about isolation in general, because like, um, without derailing, but even like being in this space. Uh, yeah. There are days when I see cars, I might see somebody from a distance. Yet, you know, at the end of the day, even just walking into a grocery store sometimes, you know, let alone getting home and having a, you're just, I'm, I'm hungry. The introvert is hungry for a yeah. contact or, so, I mean, these can be, it's lonely work. That's why I was just curious. Like, did you yeah. find people like almost any excuse like, oh, let me run to the main house. I think I need some. Um... I mean, time is a hard, you know. You no, actually, everybody was pretty, well, at least while I was there. Um, but, you know, maybe I was the one doing it. <laughs> I was going, so I was going to the main house because I was actually working on, um, I was actually working on a laptop, a project, and I needed, I needed to download something. And then once I'm downloading, I'm offline, that's fine. There's other artists, they need that internet connectivity throughout the day. Sure. And some of them are checking, some of them are on social media. Some, and maybe, you know, the social media is informing the work, and that's fine, too. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's, it, it's becoming every bit as much a tool in the uh, studio as, you know, the pens and the brushes and the... Interesting. I agree with you. I, th- I mean, it obviously depends on the person. 
Um, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound old-fashioned. I still think, I do see it as a challenge, though, to have a couple hours of uninterrupted work. Like, there is something does happen, as like specifically like painting or drawing for mm. me. Um, but it's not as uh, uh, detrimental, like I said, like to use that corny notion of like the spell being broken. Like, you know, if you suddenly have to like take a phone call or it's easier to get, I guess I've learned how to uh, get back into the mode. Cause there, you know, let's face it, there is no such thing really as inspiration. I think anymore, it's a constant, it's your job to f pull inspiration out of the air. And that reminds me of uh, uh, Brian Eno and the card game. Uno with Eno. <laughs> or Eno with Uno. I mean, you know what? I don't even remember how to play Uno. I don't. Oh, it's a classic. I know it's classic, but I've already forgotten it. And it's it. vindictive. You can make people draw four, draw two. You could change the direction. It gets worse with multiple people, and if there's drinking involved, I've seen drunken Uno. Almost fights over trying to piece back. You could skip people. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's a skip, there's a reverse. I was one of my favorite childhood games, cause probably because of the colors, because, you know, you had like, yeah. blue and red, anyway. That was electric about colors. Yeah, they're really bright, I love and that. it moves pretty quickly. But yeah, you could skip people. It sucked if it was just two people, because obviously skip is like yeah. skip. But with yeah, I've people. forgotten it all. Oh. It, was a reverse card. it was a reverse card, and then it was a skip card. Right. Right? Now, wild card, uh -huh. draw four, draw two. And then all the numbers. What do the what do the uh, what do the decks look like now? Are they still? Oh, I don't know. Have are I they? Seen, I've got they still vintage, got those bright colors, or is it more vintage. the? You think it's all a little more washed? No, I, washed if anything, out. I think it would be more high key. You now. think so? It probably is on the app. So <laughs> anyway, Brian, no, Eno, Eno, and Peter Schmidt invented oblique strategies around seventy four, seventy five. And Eno would take these, it was a stack of cards, would take these, uh, these cards into the studio, and whenever, whenever you would reach an impasse, then you would, you would draw a card and let that guide your, guide your work from there. You still have some of those examples? I have some examples. Examples include... Use an old idea. State the problem in words as clearly as possible. Only one element of each kind. What would your closest friend do? What to increase? What to reduce? Are there sections? Consider transitions. Try faking it. Explanation point. Ex what did I say? Explanation point? Exclamation point. Try faking it. Honor thy error as a hidden intention. So did they write all these or did they compile them or was this like an existing deck of cards that he appropriated? And uh, You know, I don't know. But what I have learned is that they have multiple editions. And there was actually, for example, a sixth edition in 2013. And in all of these editions, the number of cards are over 100. Which is pretty cool. But they're open-ended. So, that, so you know, in your case, you've told me that you have, you have like a handful of, um, maybe a handful of ideas that you work with. But they're... they're oriented toward painting. 
specifically, yeah, right, with the notion of, of chance, at certain stages in work, um, I have used like the coffee mug with uh, a number of, of moves uh, written down um, to draw from. And, uh, you know, whether that's using a specific color or a specific material, uh, you know, to, to paint something out completely or to impose a grid, like very specific type things with the notion of um, forcing you to, to like, deal with an obstruction often is the way, like I said, the way I like to challenge myself. As you're, that's the sound of a neighboring AC unit coming on. Some more ambient sounds mm -hmm. here in Studio 7. It's not, um, it's not too bad. Not really, is it? But uh, I think there's real power in having somebody else that can impose that. Like we talked about, it might not be a whole lot of fun in the studio if someone is throwing a curveball at you. But again, again, short-circuiting, getting you to work harder, faster, mm -hmm. um, I think that can be useful. And judging from his track record and some of the you know, like musically bands he's worked with, I think it's been a very effective, very effective tool. To do it, to, to put yourself, though, in that role of producer and maker is difficult. You know, it's like flipping a coin. How many times have you said that? Like, okay, I'm mean, like going out tonight. All right, I'll flip a coin. And if you don't like the answer, you're like, oh, screw it. Um, I'm going out. You know. <laughs> um, so there's that. You know, to, to, to split yourself. Uh, I'd be lucky to have Brian Eno in here right now. Uno with Eno. But he'd make us crazy. Don't you think most bands like have a love hate with a producer? Um, you know, when the, at the end of it, I'm sure it's like, oh yeah. But during I, it, you know, a for, producer. Think of that. What's that job title? You know, that's a boss. That's, that's Phil Spector. Think about that. Oh wow! Can you imagine? How about Uno with Phil Spector? <laughs> <laughs> there's gunplay. There's, there's guns, there's and pills. <laughs> and he Sounds wins. Great. He wins every time. And bad hair too. Wow. Yeah. Somebody could end up dead. Yeah. 